you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and serving God and just healthy and feeling well. And we thank God that you would take the opportunity to allow this broadcast to come across your airwaves and be part of that. And it's pretty exciting. We've been going through the book of John. We've been looking at the life of Christ. We've been grabbing some other verses here and there. And it's been it's it's just great to know that the life of Christ teaches us that all these bad things we've been through in our lives and the PTSD and the depression and the knuckleheads and the so on and so forth, uh, that our God has already solved all of that. And we need that spiritual regeneration from yesterday. So with me, as always, our friend out there, Kevin, he's out in Kernersville, North Carolina, uh, with his coach. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Living a dream, serving God, getting to see the country. I think, brother, you know, I was telling you, I watched this nomad family, and I don't recommend you guys do. They're not exactly, they're not bad people. But anyway, I, somehow I got hooked on watching them on Facebook or Instagram videos or something, and they talk about stuff they go through with a camper every day. And if you could learn how to make some videos with uh, with your phone, <laughs> let me tell you, brother, I think you'd do a better job. Here we are at a church, you know. A deer jumped through the window of a car last night. A guy banged at my door at 2 in the morning asking money for Krispy Kreme. And all those things happened to me while I was out in churches around the country. That's why I explained that to you. I had a guy one time wake me up at 4 in the morning and ask me if I could buy him a dozen donuts at Krispy Kreme. And I said, why not? I threw him in the car. We drove down to Krispy Kreme. And uh, they didn't open to 4.30. But I bought him a dozen donuts, and I want you to know he ate every one of them. But the, <laughs> I, I, I added a caveat to it, Kevin. I said, you know, I'll buy you these donuts, but you have to come to church in the morning. And uh, mm. so we both stood there like a stuffed uh, pig or whatever we were, you know, uh, stuffed turkey. I mean, brother, we both ate a dozen of donuts that morning. But here we are. We're in the book of John. And, uh, and, but I want you to know that Lily's in Colorado Springs, a Vietnamese donut and noodle shop, is the best donuts I've ever had in my life. So I want to throw that out there. We find ourselves in chapter 2. And when you look at the life of Christ, you can't help but look at the deity of Christ, the authority of Christ, the lessons of Christ, what Christ has taught us, what he can do for us, that even in our worst days, even in our upside-down days, we, we serve the God of all creation. We serve the, the co-eternal, wonderful God. We find ourselves in chapter 2, starting in verse 23 this morning. It says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he had did. So when they saw the miracles, man, that's Jesus, I'm telling you. I saw those miracles. I saw the things he was doing. Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Christ knows what's in us. Uh, he's fully divine. He's got a total understanding and knowledge of us. We can't hide things from him. There's no limitations. What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. He knows about it. What happens in our home, God knows about it. What happens in our hearts, even worse, bringing you to a different place, he knows about that. And so an expression of faith alone, you know, that's not, that's not everything. 
It, you know, when we get emotional, when we get upset, we can hear that preacher. We can have the revivalist come in. We can have the revival pulpit. We can get shook up, wound up, cry, weep, laugh, fall over at the altar. But what happens when that's all done? God knows our hearts. And, and folks, if we get any lesson as we learn about the life of Christ, know that God is He's fully divine. Know that his understanding is beyond earthly understanding. Know that his knowledge is everything we think, possessed, thought of, been, ever done. He, we have human limitations. He's deity. We are not. You see, he is, he is all God, 100% God. And uh, he's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's all-omnipotent. He's all-powerful, Right. He's, uh, what is the other one there? Uh, omnipresent. He's uh, all yeah. everywhere. And uh, we're going to hit all those anyway. But Kevin, when we talk about God, I think it's very important that we all remember this divine, all-knowing, all-powerful uh, God. And, you know, it's not about the miracles he's performed. That's important. I'm glad that they're I'm glad they're in the Bible. They're a blessing to me. But you know what it's about? It's about what he can do for me right now. And, and folks, he's still in the miracle business. What are you thinking, Kevin? Yeah, <clears throat> that verse, it says, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. There, there are accounts in the scripture where, uh, you know, so-and-so believed on him. I'm thinking in the book of Acts, Simon the sorcerer believed when he saw the miracles that Paul was doing. And, uh, but, but, it didn't work out. I mean, he was just not a true, he was not a true believer. When you read the context, there was another guy, um, uh, I can't remember if it was, had to do with the sons of Sceva or whatever, but there was people that were, you know, involved and it says they, they believed, but, but these were not true believers, even though they were watching miracles. But here, um, these people that were there at the feast day, the Passover, Jesus was helping people. And um, they saw stuff. And Doug, what you were saying made me think about this. It is not just a matter of saying this is what he did, but we ought to be able to say, Lord, in the equivalent situation that I have, what can you do for me that I need to trust you with? What do I need to commit to you? What do I need to surrender to you? And, um, you know, an example of his miracles can be applied to us when it says, I was reading Matthew eight sixteen, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. So, you know, a lot of people today are are all about applying the miracles of physical healing to their physical problems, and they're they're they kind of get stuck on that thing. And they don't, they don't realize that spiritual problems are a lot deeper and a, a lot of our physical problems will probably get better or at least be assuaged if we get some spiritual stuff taken care of. Give an example. When it says Jesus uh, healed that were people that were possessed with devils and cast out the spirits with his word, there are people that are caught up with the spirit of anger, a spirit of bitterness, a spirit of depression, a spirit of anxiety and fear. All of these, you know, and these aren't necessarily personages' spirits. They can be that oppress people. 
or if you're lost, you can't be uh, possessed. Yeah. But as a Christian, you can be oppressed with, a, you know, a, a, a spirit, you know, but um, a lot of times spirit is talking about an attitude. So Jesus, it takes God to speak to us with his word to lift an attitude uh, where we are, you know, just have a spirit of, of uh, oppressive anger, for instance. And, you know, sometimes we just need to say, Lord, the same kind of miracle that you did back yonder when you took the demoniac of Gadara and cast out a legion of devils, please come into this situation. Because to me, I'm dealing with a thousand demons. In other words, I feel like the demons of hell are focused on me. I talk to people all the time and they'll say, especially women folk, they'll say, I feel like, you know, the devil is just really focusing spiritual warfare on me. Men, men have the same feeling and the same thought, but sometimes they don't share it as much. But, um, these, these individuals sense that they're the focus. They're, they're, they're the, 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 they're the axis of a spiritual, you know, assault going on. And, and we have to say, Lord, the same miracle worker I need right now, come on, fix me up, change, change, you know, do the miracle. You said, Lord, that when the spirit of God comes, I will do greater miracles than you did. And so Lord, for me right now, I'm not commanding you to do this. I'm not saying it has to be done my way, not my will, thy will be done. But by surrendering it to you and knowing the desire of my heart will be filled uh, according to your word that, you know, he will give the desires of my heart. Lord, I'm praying that what is hindering between me and the perfect will of God, I pray that you'd miraculously do whatever it takes and fix it. And guess what? He does it. And that's where I think the faith comes. I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication and prayer and has delivered me out of the out of the miry clay. Yeah. And you know, as you were talking, brother, I couldn't help, but you know, just really harp on a lot of the words you're saying, what he can do right now. The problem we have in Christianity with so many people is their belief is based somehow on miracles alone. And, and, you know, this guy who can order things out of your body, which of course he can't do God alone, uh, controls our body. God alone controls the miracles, but you know, faith based only on miracles and what men can do is, is not faith at all. And we're going to come back and talk about that. We're going to go ahead and let the radio stations do what they got to do. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Thanks for hanging with us. We're talking about John chapter two, the life of Christ verses 23 through 25. And we're talking about how the people there at Passover in the temple are, you know, they're dealing with Christ because of miracles alone. 
you know, they're saying, well, look what he can do. You know, I believe, but, but God knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. And we have a responsibility for an inward transformation. You know, it's not about as new Christians where, you know, in many cases we want to, to see that, that preacher, that guy who can order things out of people's bodies, the people who can do all that and all that hooey. And that's not God. Our God's not a magician. Our God's not a sorcerer. Our God, our Savior, is not somebody who gives power to certain people to do things and not to others. Our God is a miracle-producing God. He changes things. He changes lives. But our faith isn't based on those miracles alone. Our faith is based on the Word of God and believing what God's Word says about salvation. And it does require an inward and, and listen to what I'm saying to you. It's not this emotional outward when I'm at church thing. It, it highlights an importance for your heart and to have this inward commitment to God, to wake up in the morning and not be caught in the depression, to wake up in the morning and make it about God, to be genuinely grateful that you have another day to serve him, to be genuinely grateful there's another opportunity to serve God, to be genuinely grateful that you can do something for God. And we need Need that inward transformation. So I want to I want to challenge all of you today, and and that you know a true belief in Christ is is it really takes over us. It's something that it, it's our identity uh, is based on what the Holy Spirit of God is doing in our hearts, and and the whole Trinity it, it you know it it ministers to us through that. And uh, <clears throat> so having that inward you know, transformation in your life, it, it changes things. There's a true belief in Christ. And before you know it, those old things that were of the world and stuff like that, they just kind of go away. And uh, those old things, and, and, and it's the knowledge. And Kevin was talking, it, it's knowing Christ, knowing who he is. And I remember that verse in Mark chapter 4, I think it's verse 441, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And I'm always blown away with that with the last verse of chapter 4 as you go into chapter 5, which is going across to Gadara and uh, meeting the maniac of, of Gadara and the Gadarene there and Legion. And I always think about, the, here's these disciples, they saw Peter's mother-in-law healed, and at this point, chronologically, the, the miracle at Cana, these things going on at the temple, all these different things. And these disciples who spent every single day with God got scared, Kevin. And they said, what manner of man is this God? So friends, I want to tell you as I pass this over to Kevin, study every day so you know the manner of, of man that he is, that he is the true and living God. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't study every day, then you're going to get confused in your faith. Um, faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not convincing yourself that God's going to do it the way you're asking. Um, that is a serious issue, a serious error. Honestly, um, I'm friends with someone on on social media. I don't. I never met this person. I'll think, but uh, they always send me. This individual always sends me. Um, messages saying this is a status of this child that has cancer and it's getting worse and worse and worse and for about six months I've been getting this thing it's not good it's not good it's not good please pray and I do pray but the uh, the the person 
has a lot of fr- other friends who on social media who are chiming in saying it's done it's done god's god's already healed her god's already you know uh, you know and someone might say something like you know just praying for god's will to be done and to, for to, for the child to be healed if possible and someone else will chime in and say um it's done i'm believing god it's done and and brother i, I after a while i get to i get to thinking stop it Stop assuming God's going to do it your way. This child is on hospice care, and mm. these people are saying it's done. It's you know I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. It's done. And they're they're talking each other out of doubting, and the 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 breed of doubt that they're talking themselves out of is nevertheless not my will, but Thy will be done. The Bible says this is the confidence we have that if we ask anything according to His will. We know we, that he'll do it. We have the petitions that we ask of him. And our Lord wants to answer our prayers, but he wants to bring our prayers, first of all, by the Holy Spirit's leadership in line with his will. And then we know that we have confidence. If we abide in him, then we have the confidence that what we pray is is his will. And and so it's, you know, it's just a whole convoluted thing, and it's sad. But um, yeah, again, this goes back to the ideas, our faith in a miracle and is the faith ultimately in a miracle that we ourselves are, quote, believing God for. And the people that say that, they they never come back after the child dies. I hope God does raise his child up uh, and, and that they don't yeah. die. And and I've prayed that way. But if the child does die, they, they don't come back and say, well, guys, you know, I missed it. You know, they, they don't. They don't, uh, and I think the world watches this and denies denies Christ because of it. But it's yeah. it's a sad thing, um, brother. I was going to change gears a little bit. Oh, there's another portion of this scripture we've read in verse 24 that says, "But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men." So the the miracle followers, he did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And you you mentioned that at the beginning of the broadcast. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. I'm uh, I'm going to go a direction with this. So Jesus perceived that a large portion of the people that were there were not of the kind that he wanted to commit himself to, and it says he knew what was in them. So. I'm thinking about there's a lot of people you and I talk to, Brother Doug, who have been in an abusive situation and they get out of it and they go back into another one Mm -hmm. and they call that rebound, rebound marriage or whatever. But that oftentimes I think can go away if we get a healthy amount of suspicion about what's in man. Yeah. And in other words, I'm not going to commit myself to people. I was just talking to someone today uh, that I mentioned um, about a phone call, but anyway, on this, in this phone call, they were talking about an abusive situation. They said, I am praying that Jesus doesn't let me ever marry again. And, and I get that. So that that's a, a healthy degree of not, not cynicism, but of, of slow to commit yourself. And, you know, that took place with Nehemiah in the old Testament, Nehemiah chapter six, he was talking to someone that came to him, and the person that came to him was was coming with this spiritual-sounding offer saying, you know, someone's going to come and slay you, so I want to go into the temple with you and protect you. And he said, lo, Nehemiah said, lo, I perceive that God had not sent 
him for that, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me for Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Therefore, he was hired that I should be afraid and do so in sin, that they might have a matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. That is a uh, perception that we all need to have. You know, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit so that we, when we're in the moment, real time, talking to someone, we can sometimes have, you know, it says that the Holy Spirit is a voice behind us sometimes saying, this is the way, walk you in it. So we're talking to someone and sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, this person is not what they say they are. There's something about this. Be perceptive. And I think it's wise. I think it's healthy for all of us to learn Jesus. You know, Jesus lives inside of us. I don't want to commit myself to someone because God showed me what was in man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And it's it's not about being cynical. It's, uh, you know, we learn from Jesus' approach here in these verses, uh, you know, that we should show the wisdom and discernment that the Holy Spirit gives. And folks, we really do love you. We can't wait until tomorrow so we can hop in chapter three and continue on with the life of Christ. May God bless you. Have a great day. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.